Over the last uh, several weeks, um, I've been kind of thinking about, praying about, seeking God on what do I want to talk about? Where do we want to go this summer with this conversation with our students to kind of build up our faith, to edify the church, to build us up in our relationships with Christ? And as I've been thinking through this, as I've been praying through it, finally about a week and a half ago, I just feel like, or it's about two weeks ago now, I just feel like God just landed on my heart like, man, this is something that we need to go after. And for the last couple months, consistently, the conversation has been coming up. Man, I've got this friend who's a Muslim. I got this friend who's a Mormon. I got this friend who is this. Or, or man, I'm, I got some questions about this. Or we've had students come in that, that are in those different uh, faith uh, situations, and they have questions. And so we've been having these conversations, and it just felt appropriate that this summer we would talk a little bit about some of these, uh, some of these ones that we hear about, including the ones that are the most prominent. And so last week, if you're here, we talked about Islam, and we talked about all about Muhammad, and we talked about the Quran, and we talked about the difference between Muslims and Islam, that Muslims are people. That when you sit across the table from someone who believes in Islam, who's a Muslim, a lot of times when you get in those conversations, it's not about winning an argument. You realize that they're a person, that they are, they, they're trying to find God. They're trying to find purpose in their life. They're trying to find meaning, just like everyone is. And so they've chosen to take that belief system and what they as what they find purpose in. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true, but it means that, that that's something that they're trying to go after. And so what I've found is, is that when you engage in conversations with people, people of different religions, people of different belief systems, when you have those conversations, you approach it in love and you view them as people and you want to have an understanding for what they believe, they are so much more receptive to hearing what you have to say. And I think that is the whole purpose of this series, is for you to be able to have a confidence in conversations that you have with people who believe things differently than you so that you can engage them, so that you can talk about the Word of God, so that you can open them up and let them see the truth that comes in the Scriptures. And so that, tonight we're going to talk about the truth between us, week two. We're going to talk about Mormonism. Now, Mormonism is a little different than Islam. We know Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, uh, many of those isms uh, are world religions. And they are, they are uh, distinct religions within themselves. Although many of them were started by one person like Muhammad or by uh, Buddha and Buddhism um, or, you know, and all these different religions, Mormonism is quite a bit different because it comes out of a vein of Christianity. In fact, Mormons call themselves Christians. In fact, their church is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In fact, we see a lot of similarities with what we believe and what they believe. Even though a lot of the language is different and a lot of the things that we say, uh, they will say the same things even though we mean different things. There's a lot of similarities. And if you're taking notes, there's a notepad there uh, on your, a note guide on your uh, chair there you can pull out. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the similarities. In Mormonism, they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Our definition of that is a little bit different, but they believe Jesus to be the Son of God. They believe that Jesus came to this earth. They believe that Jesus died on the cross. They believe that Jesus raised from the dead. They believe Jesus to be a great teacher. In fact, they believe in the Bible. They believe in the Bible. 
They believe in the Bible as, as scriptures along with other writings of scriptures, what we're going to talk about. They believe, they believe, that, um, uh, they believe in God. They believe in, in all of these things that we would say, hey, man, like, I champion that. I believe that as well. There are tons of similarities within Mormonism and Christianity. It is, it, it is uh, 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 quite a bit different than Christianity and Islam in, in that sort of a way. But, um, but there are some differences. And if you're taking notes there, let me give you some of the differences that I think are extremely important for you to know between us and Mormonism because this is what makes us distinct. And we could talk a lot about the similarities, but at the end of the day, we need to talk about what makes what we believe as, as Christians distinct from what Mormons believe. And so I'm going to start with the first difference is this, and you can write this down, the Bible. The Bible. They believe in the Bible. They believe the Bible to be scriptures. But what we believe about the Bible is completely different than what they believe. We believe that the Bible is the ultimate authority, the highest authority, that all truth comes from God through his revealed scriptures, that God, the living word, Jesus, the living word, is revealed to us, his revelation through the written word, the Bible. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, 16, that all scripture is God-breathed, that the truth of this comes from God, that this wasn't just made up by a bunch of people that were writing down a bunch of things, but these were prophets, Peter tells us, that were carried along by the Holy Spirit as they wrote down. For God wrote these down, and we believe the Bible to be perfect. Not only that, but we believe that not only is the Bible perfect, but we believe that the Bible cannot be added to or taken away from. And the Bible warns against this over and over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, not even the smallest letter, not even the least stroke of the pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything has been accomplished. In other words, nothing, not even the smallest letter or least stroke of a pen will disappear from the word of God because the word of God will stand to the end. That the Bible is protected by God's Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is God the Holy Spirit has protected it throughout history. And as I mentioned to you last week when we talked about the credibility of the Bible, when we talked about Islam, because uh, just like in uh, Islam where Muhammad says that he had to come and correct what, uh, what had been lost, that the Christians had messed up the Bible throughout until he gets to his his uh, until the 600s, and so he had to kind of change it um, in order to make it back to the way it was supposed to be. So he writes the Quran in order to correct the Bible. Well, the same goes in Mormonism. In the 1800s, Mormonism is a very new religion. In the 1800s, Joseph Smith comes along and basically says the same thing. We need to, I need to correct. I need to reclaim the truth of the Bible that has been lost throughout history. And as I mentioned last week, we have over 24,000 ancient manuscripts of the Bible that predate, that predate Islam back in the 600s, that way predate all that kind of stuff. And so we know that we can have confidence that what we have in the Bible is true. The Bible has not been tainted, and we believe that uh, 100% and, and defend that. In fact, the Bible also says in Revelation 22, 18, it says this, For I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. If any man should, man should take away from the words of this book, of this prophecy, God shall take away his part in the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. Basically what he's saying is, is that you better not mess with the word of God. You better not mess with it. 
that God is serious about his word. And this is a this is a distinction that we have. And Jesus tells us and the New Testament tells us that there will be people that will come along in history as false messiahs, false Christs, and people that will try to add to the scriptures and try to take away from the scriptures. And so when we talk about Mormonism, it's important to understand what, what they believe. They do believe in the Bible, but they also believe that the Bible should be interpreted through Joseph Smith's book, The Book of Mormon. That's their primary work, The Book of Mormon. They believe in there are four books. There is Doctrines and Covenants, The Pearl of Great Price, The Book of Mormon, and The Bible. And these four books have equal authority, even though The Book of Mormon is sort of kind of the overarching authority because everything is translated and interpreted through the Bible, through Joseph Smith's words in The Book of Mormon. So that's what they believe. That's a difference that we believe about the Bible. The second thing is God and man. God and man. What do they believe about God? What do Mormons believe about man? Well, we believe very different things about that. Let me talk about that for a minute. I wrote this down. As, uh, this would be a, a statement that would be made in Mormonism. As man is, God was, and as God is, man will become. Let me break that down. As man is, God was. In other words, they believe that God used to be a man. And then they would say, and as God is, man will become. That we have the opportunity to become gods. That we, use, that, that we, we, uh, we can become gods. We are, we are, uh, uh, Jesus was uh, born a man. He was not born a god, but he became a god by living the life that he lived. They believe that we all are in that situation. They believe that every single one of us has always existed in this spirit realm. And then they believe in their teachings that a third of, of, uh, of those people were deceived by Lucifer. Now, Lucifer, uh, who we know or, or talk about as Satan, uh, Lucifer, uh, they believe and teach in the Book of Mormon, is the brother of Jesus. And he deceived some of these uh, people in the spirit realm uh, that man has always existed uh, just like God has always existed, that God and man have equally always existed, that man was not created. And so what happens is, is, that, is that Lucifer deceives a third of those spirit beings and takes them with him to the earth. And they come down here and two-thirds are left in heaven. And then they now get the opportunity to come back down here as people. So all of us are those spirit beings now down here as people. And we are living out down here as people trying to earn our way back to, be, to being God. Where we can have our own planet and, and be a God uh, one day. And so that's what they believe about God and man. They, they, uh, a devout Mormon would say human beings, uh, human beings have no clear beginning and humans are spirits that have always existed and are in the same essence as God. To them, there is no distinction between God, Jesus, and humans. Now, the Bible teaches something quite a bit different than that. In fact, we believe that God is eternal. That God is eternal. God has always existed. God has no beginning. But we believe that man does. We believe that man was created. We believe that matter was created. 
We believe that, that, that everything that God created is completely distinct from God, that God has no equal, that no one, none is like him, the Bible tells us. No one is like him. No one is equal to him. No one is above him, that God is God. He's on the throne, and we are not. There's a major distinction between God and his creation. God is perfect and holy and just and loving. And man who comes, who is here on the earth and we are in the image of God. And, and, and now because of the fall in Genesis chapter 3, we now have wickedness and sin in our life. And we cannot do anything to earn back God. But that God chose in his great love to send his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. So if we put our trust and faith in him, we can be restored to God. Their message is, no, you don't need to put your trust and faith in Jesus to be restored to God. If you live here on this earth a good life, then you can earn back being a God one day. There's a clear distinction between what they believe about God and man. Also, uh, there's a clear distinction uh, between Jesus and Christianity and Jesus and Mormonism. And so um, I'll put a few of them up here on the screen just to kind of give you a little, to show you a little bit. So this side is Jesus and Mormonism, and this is Jesus in the Bible. I want to show you just a little bit of this to kind of walk through it. Uh, in Mormonism, Jesus and Mormonism, Jesus is created. And I got the references right here, so if you want to write the references down and check it out yourself. But Jesus is created. In the Mormon doctrine, it talks about this. Um, the Bible clearly teaches that Jesus is not created. That Jesus is not created. In fact, the Bible tells us, and First uh, John, uh, ch uh, I'm sorry, John chapter one verses one through three it says, "And in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God." So the Word was God. It's talking about Jesus because in verse fourteen it says, "And the Word became flesh and made its dwelling among men." The Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among men. God became flesh and made his dwelling among men. And so we see this in this scripture. We see all throughout scripture this idea that Jesus was not created. Jesus is God eternal, always existed. Second, the Book of Mormon teaches that Jesus was the brother of the devil. The Bible teaches Jesus is not the brother of the devil. The devil is a fallen, created angel. And so what we know about Satan is, is in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about this. Satan was created as the most beautiful of all of the angels. And he got jealous, Isaiah tells us, over the worship that was given to God. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to be worshipped like God. So what did he do? The Bible says that he tries to raise up like the Most High God. He, he kind of breaks out in this revolt. He wanted to be like God. And as a result, he fell from heaven. And the Bible does tell us that a third of the angels fell with him. But angels were created beings just like we are created beings. And this is where in the Book of Mormon they take that and say that we, that was actually humans that fell with them. And so two-thirds of the angels are still in heaven and a third of the angels fell in the Bible teaches. So it's a little bit different in that. Je uh, Jesus is one of three gods. Jesus is one of three gods. So Mormonism, they teach Jesus is one of three gods. Just like we all become gods, they believe Jesus is God, they believe God is God, they believe Holy Spirit is God, and, uh, but they're all distinct, they're all different. The Bible clearly teaches us that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity, that it is one God, not multiple gods. Mormonism teaches polytheism, multiple gods, but it's monotheism, one God, three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John 10, 30, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. Then Jesus is not prayed to in the Book of Mormon. Jesus is not prayed to, but in the Bible, Jesus is clearly prayed to. 
in, uh, in the doctrines of salvation, Jesus did not pay for all sin. So, the, so uh, in Mormonism, they teach that, that uh, Jesus did not pay for all sin. Um, the, the Bible teaches clearly that Jesus did pay for all sin. That when Jesus died on the cross, he took the, he took the sins of the world on his back. Your sin, my sin, all of our sin. And he died as the perfect spotless sacrifice for the sins of the world. And as a result of that, when we put our trust and faith in Jesus, we no longer have to die the death, the spiritual death that is set for us because of our sin, because Jesus has already done that for us, because he has taken our sin from us. And they would teach, they would teach it like this. And so there's a, there are some distinctions, there are some differences when it comes to Jesus and Christianity and Mormonism and Christianity. I'll put this down. The Jesus of Mormonism is not the Jesus of the Bible. They cannot be both created and not created. They cannot be both prayed to and not prayed to. Jesus cannot be the brother of the devil and not the brother of the devil. They are different. And so they both cannot be true. The third thing I want to say about uh, some of the reasons that, that, uh, that we're different is, is, that, um, is that Mormonism is about works, not about grace. Now, one of the cool things about Mormonism and one of the things about uh, if you ever meet uh, anyone who's a Mormon, I have a lot of family members that are Mormons. Uh, one whole side of my family almost is Mormons. And, man, they are some of the most kind people you'll ever meet in your life. They have a super high value for family. Man, they love people. They, they work hard in their jobs. In fact, Mormons are some of the most successful people on the planet when it comes to work. And that's an admirable thing. And they even believe, and it's a part of their belief system, that the harder you work, you can actually gain more when you get to heaven one day, when you get your own place, when you become a God one day, that you get to gain more and get more, that you can earn more uh, as you work hard here on the earth. So they have this, this intensity about their work. They want to work hard. They want to do well. And you know, we live in a culture that is all about eking by. We live in a culture that is not about work. We live in a culture that's, that's all about, hey, what's the easy way out? And one of the things I can respect about the Mormon family members I know and even some Mormon friends that I have is that, dude, they don't operate like that. They take seriously their work. But it also happens that it is all about them working in order to gain something in order to get into heaven, in order to, well, well, not to get into heaven. They, we'll talk about that in a second. But it is for, the, for them to, get, to, to become God. But what, what, um, but what the Bible teaches is, in, second, in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved by faith, not of works so that any man can boast. It is not of works that we are saved. You cannot work your way to heaven because there's not enough works that you can do that can pay for the sin debt that you have. That it is by grace that God offers you salvation as a free gift. He gives it to you. He, he offers, it's not something that you deserve. Grace is receiving something you do not deserve. You don't deserve salvation, but he offers it to you as a free gift and says, hey, look here, you can have this. You can have a relationship with me. You can be restored to me. You can, you can go to heaven. You can enjoy all the things that I have for you in your life. You can have this. You can experience this. Grace is not talked about in Mormonism. Uh, one, one interesting thing about Mormonism is that uh, Mormonism is, uh, Mormons are very uh, patriotic. 
particularly when it comes to America. Uh, uh, America is a, is, a, is a big deal. They believe even that like the Constitution is like divine text. Um, they have a high regard for America. They even believe that Jesus came to America before he went to Israel. And um, just one of the things that they believe. And they even equate America with Israel sometimes. They believe that even, uh, that even uh, the Indians um, who were here uh, before we kind of came over, their descendants are actually descendants from Israel, from some of the tribes of Israel that actually came over here to America. We'll talk about that later too. So the third thing I want to talk to you about is this, important truths to know. Important truths to know. We talked about some similarities, different important truths to know. Uh, the first thing that I want to kind of talk to you about is I want to talk to you a little bit about the inception of Mormonism. Because I think that the inception of Mormonism is a really important thing. That when you go and you look at how, how Christianity began, and this is how Christianity began. Basically, you have Jesus who's here. He's healing people. I mean, thousands of people are seeing these miracles. Thousands of people are seeing what Jesus has done. I mean, uh, this move is happening. I mean, uh, people are coming uh, to know Jesus like crazy right after he dies. He's raised from the dead. Over 500 witnesses see him raised from the dead. There's testimony after testimony. There's no one writing during this time refuting anything about anything that happened with Jesus. I mean, people are coming to know Christ like crazy, and it wasn't because life was easy for them when they came to Christ. There's an estimated 7 million Christians that were martyred for their faith in the first 300 years of Christianity. I mean, it was a serious deal to say that you were a Christian. And the truth is, is that where the name Christian came from, it didn't come from them calling themselves Christians. It came from the other people going, man, those people are so much like Jesus the Christ, they called them Christians. It was, it was unbelievers that called the believers in Jesus Christians. They didn't call themselves that because they had this mark about them. They had, they had this, this uh, they modeled who Christ was. And so when you get to, uh, when you get to uh, Mormonism, it's important to talk about the founder. It's important to talk about how all of this came about. Just like last week, we talked a little bit about Muhammad and Islam and how all that came about. So the inception of Mormonism. Joseph Smith, uh, Joseph Smith was born in 1805. In 1805. In 1820, when Joseph Smith was 14 years old, this is important, he's 14 years old, he says that God and Jesus came to him. Obviously, they're separate because in Mormonism, they do not believe that it's God, they do not believe in one God, they believe them to be separate. They, he said God and Jesus came to him both when he was 14 years old and told him, that the church and Christianity has it all wrong. And that it's his job to reclaim Christianity. Now, can you imagine if we were here and some freshman 14-year-old comes walking in and says, Hey, listen, guys, you are all wrong. I am here to reclaim the truth of Christianity. That's what this guy did. Three years later, <laughs> so he said, we would have got slapped. Three years later, three years later, when he's 17 years old, Three years later, he says that an angel came to him in a vision, angel, the angel Moroni, and the angel came to him and basically said to him, listen, I, there are these gold plates, and they're, they're hidden over here in this forest on this hill in New York, and uh, this is like God's truth, God's word, and you are going to go find this truth, and, 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 and you're going to write all of it down, and that is going to be the scriptures. Now, later on, uh, as you go through the process, that's where we actually get the Book of Mormon from. 
Some years later, he said he found those gold plates, and uh, he couldn't show them to anybody else. And so what he did is uh, uh, he dictated it to this other guy who actually wrote it down, and so he kind of puts his head in this thing, and he can see it, but the other guy can't, and he basically reads the words, and the guy writes it all down. Well, then what happens is the guy actually loses the text, loses what was written down. He says, hey, can I go show my family uh, what, what we've written down? And so he goes and he shows his family and loses it. So he comes back to Joseph Smith, and Joseph Smith says, oh, God's so mad, uh, he won't let me see the gold, gold tablets anymore. So later on, he meets this other guy, and they end up, they end up rewriting it again. He says the angel, the angel Moroni came to him and showed him again, the tablets again, and then he was able to, to rewrite it out again. And, and so then they have uh, the Book of Mormon kind of came out of that. Now, um, to illustrate this and show this to you so that you can get an idea of what, um, of what happened, um, uh, actually South Park, of all things, did a, uh, did a pretty, pretty good job explaining uh, the inception of, of Mormonism. Now, I'm not a person who, like, like the whole point of this isn't to, like, make fun of, of and, and South Park normally does that, but actually the way South Park uh, tells the story is actually exactly how it happened. And so I want to show you uh, uh, Mormonism and the inception of Mormonism and how it happened. So check this out. So I went out to the woods. I dug around all morning where the angel had told me to look. Hmm. 
Maybe there isn't anything out here. Wait a tick. What's this? Wow. Inside the stone box, I found the magical seer stones. Under that, I found four gold plates written in strange writing. This must be the gospel that Jesus told the Nephites. Well, they were the most amazing things I'd ever gazed upon. Wolf, so where are they? Where are what? The gold plates and the seer stones, where are they? Well, I was not allowed to take them. You see, after I found the plates, the angel Moroni appeared to me again and said that I am not allowed to show the plates or the seer stones to anybody because first I must translate what's written on the plates into English so you can all read it. Dum, 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 dum. I found the stones and golden plates. Dum, 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 dum. Even though nobody else ever saw them. Dum, 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 dum. Mr. Harris, can you keep a secret? Well, sure I can. I have, in my possession, an ancient book written on gold plates that tells of Jesus Christ's second coming, here, in America. That sounds kind of... Dum, 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 dum. It's true, and I'm going to translate the plates and publish it into a book for the whole world to read. Now, I know you have a lot of money, Mr. Harris, and I'm just going to need a little bit to pay for the publishing costs. I don't know. How do you expect to translate it? With these, they're seer stones given to me by an angel. With them, God allows me to translate the plates into English. Watch. You take this quilling paper and write down what I say. Sit here. I have the golden plates here in this hat. I need to have them somewhere dark so I can read the spiritual light. Really? Now, when I put the seer stones into the hat, the ancient letters light up and change to English, which I can then read to you. Wow. Who oh, I've seen the light. Oh, okay, write this down. And so it was that Christ appeared before the Nephites. And that's how the book of Mormon was written. Dum 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 dum. Dum 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 dum. Dum 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 dum. Dum 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 dum. Barton went home to his wife. Dum 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 dum. And showed her pages from the book of Mormon. Dum 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 dum. And so Joseph Smith put his head into a hat and, and read to me what the golden plate said. I wrote it all down, and we're going to publish it into a book. How do you know he isn't just making stuff up and pretending he's translating off golden plates? Lucy Harris, smart, 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 smart. <laughs> Why would he make it up? Martin Harris, dum dum. All right, here. I'm going to hide these pages. If Joseph Smith really is translating off of Golden Plates, then he'll be able to do it again. But if Joseph Smith is making it all up, then the new translations will be different from these. I bet he'll have no problem. Lucy Harris, smart, smart, smart. Martin Harris, dumb. So Martin went on back to Smith's and the pages had gone away. Smith got mad and told Martin he needed to go pray. I'm sorry about losing the pages we worked on, Joe, but I'm ready to write it all down again if you translate from the plates. I would love to, Martin, except I just had a vision, and the Lord said he is very angry with me for letting you take those pages. <gasps> he is? He is so mad that he will never let me translate from the plate of Lehi again. He said we must now translate from the plate of Nephi. So it will be the same basic story, but written a little differently. Wow! God got angry with you, then you must be telling the truth! Dum 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 dum! Alright, Martin, let's get to work! And that's how it happened.
So, and, 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 and if you go and you do research, you study the whole beginnings of it, I mean, that's so historically accurate, it's not even funny. And I wanted you to see that because that's, that's pretty much how it happened. I mean, uh, 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 Mr. Harris was a rich man. He was one of the neighbors of Joseph Smith. Uh, he funded the printing of the uh, Book of Mormon, which shortly after it was printed, it was actually changed and, and reprinted again. And, and actually, um, that's the interesting thing about it because um, that the Book of Mormon has, has over 4,000 changes in it since it was initially written. It's been revised several times, and the revisions do not have nowhere near the, the some of the scriptures have been modified and changed. And so if it was from God, then why would the Mormon church change the scriptures that were already there if it was from God? And so some of the meanings even of those scriptures are changed around. And uh, so, and there's, uh, there are some, I'll show you some teachings, uh, some contradictory teachings that like the Book of Mormon teaches, but actually Mormons don't believe. And so let me show you, like for example, um, so, uh, so this side is the Book of Mormon, and this is Mormon doctrine. And so this is what Mormons believe and teach. This is what the Book of Mormon actually says. And I actually have the references here to what, where the Book of Mormon actually says, and I have the references to what the Mormons actually teach. So here you go. The Book of Mormon says there's only one God. Mormon doctrine teaches that there, there are many gods. The Trinity uh, is one God. Uh, right here in the Book of Mormon it says this. The Trinity is three separate gods is what Mormon doctrine teaches. God is unchanging. Um, you see the scriptures there. God is increasing in knowledge. Uh, God is spirit. God has the form of a man. There's an eternal hell. Hell is not eternal. And polygamy is condemned. And polygamy was taught and practiced. And so in the Book of Mormon, polygamy is condemned. But even we know Joseph Smith uh, was a polygamist. And polygamist, polygamy was actually taught and practiced. And, um, and so these are just some of the contradictions from actually what the Book of Mormon teaches to what some of the Mormon doctrine is. And, and, uh, and, and different uh, Mormon uh, uh, groups of Mormons, you know, hold the different things um, as a result of that. So these are just some kind of the few, uh, confusing things that are within it um, that are important to note. So uh, the third thing is this, is that um, when it comes to uh, some of the truths that we need to visit, one is this. Uh, and I mentioned this a minute ago, but I want to show you some scripture. We are not God's nor do we become gods. And the scripture is pretty strong on that. In fact, let me tell you what Isaiah 43.10 says. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord. So God is talking. And my servants whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe in me and understand that I am he, capital letters. Listen to what he says. Before me, there was no God formed, and there will be none after me. He says clearly here in the Bible that no God will come after him, and there was no God before him. He is the only God. And Isaiah 44, 6 says this, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, the, his Redeemer and the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last, and there is no God besides me. Isaiah 45, 5, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is beside me, there is, uh, besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though uh, you have not known me. And so clearly, the Bible teaches over and over again, not just here, but in other places as well, that there is no God other than him. And so we don't become other gods. Fourthly, everyone in Mormonism goes to heaven. They're actually, uh, the, only, the only people that go to hell are actually those, the third of those 
uh, spirit beings that fell at the beginning um, uh, when Lucifer deceived them, the brother of Jesus, Lucifer deceived them and he took them. They, they actually go to hell, but everyone else goes to heaven. There are three different heavens that they believe in. And, uh, you know, if you're just kind of a good person and not a Mormon, you get to go to like the second level of hell or heaven. Sorry, second level of heaven. The last level of heaven is for those people that are just kind of bad people. Um, and then, and then if, you are, if you are a Mormon and you follow what they believe, then you get to be like a god of your own planet and all this kind of stuff. So the good news is that even if you're not a Mormon, you still get to go to heaven. In Mormonism. So um, I mentioned earlier, and one of, the, one of the big beliefs they talk about is, uh, you know, for the Indians that, uh, you know, that they were descendants, uh, American Indians were descendants from, from Israel, from the tribes of Judah. Actually, a, a um, uh, geneticist uh, actually wrote a book. His name's uh, Simon Southerton. It's called uh, Losing a Lost Tribe, Native Americans' DNA in the Mormon Church. And he basically studies, uh, this guy is like an expert in mitochondrial DNA. And he went and studied the DNA of uh, of of uh, you know American Indians and basically discovered that um, that they are 99.6 percent uh, from Asian descent and zero percent from Judean descent or from the you know the land of Israel descent. So that obviously did not happen, um, but that's one of the things that uh, this this really important. And um, so I'm going to close with this and I'm going to give you guys some references. Basically, when we talk about Mormonism, when we talk about this, you need to know that as far as Christianity goes, if you go to a Christian bookstore, Mormonism is not in the Christian book section. It's in the cults section. And typically in most cults, what happens is, is that they take partial truth from a belief system like Christianity and then they claim, they invalidate it and say, oh, there's something missing from, missing from your truth. So what we have to do is we have, we have this new prophet that has come along. And that new prophet has now rewritten and given us new truth. And we now believe that new prophet over what you believe over here. And so that is what actually Mormonism falls under uh, in, 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 that sort of, in that sort of a way. Um, and, so, um, and so at the end of the day, this is what's most important. At the end of the day, if you're in this room or if you have someone who is a friend, who's a Mormon, and you get in these conversations, you have these discussions, at the end of the day, here's the deal. It's not about how good you are. It's not about you working hard to try to earn some kingdom one day. At the end of the day, salvation is all about what you do with Jesus. It's all about what you do with Jesus. And the Bible is so clear on that. It's what you do with Jesus. That if you put your trust and faith in him, if you repent of your sins, then you can be restored to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He says, I'm the only way. There is no plan B. I am plan A. God sent me. God sent me down here so that I could atone, so that I could pay for, so that I could substitute my life for yours, so that you could be restored to God. And at the end of the day, it's what you do with Jesus. And I think the question that every person in this room needs to ask 
and every person that you're in conversations with about this stuff is, what do you do with Jesus? See, in Mormonism, Jesus is just like another brother in the church. He's an example of what they want to become. They want to become their own God like Jesus became his own God. And what I would say to you is, is that that is not the Jesus of the Bible. And that's not true. That Jesus was God. God in the flesh. He came down here. He, he was tempted in every way that we were tempted yet without sin. And he was that perfect sacrifice for our sin so that through him, we can now have a relationship with him. And I wanna challenge all of you to think about where you stand in your relationship with God. That ultimately, when we get to the end of this and we talk about all these world religions and different belief systems, that at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. It's all about you finding Jesus. It's all about you helping people that may be deceived by other people, other ideologies, other thinkings, and, and help them discover Jesus. So I want to give you guys some resources. I'm going to put them up here as the band comes up and have them on the, um, whoops. I'm going to put some resources up here. And uh, if you guys want to do some of your own research, which I challenge you and encourage you to do, I want you to study on your own. I put some, uh, some websites up here and some things that you can uh, uh, look up and read and do some study on. And I want to pray for you. And the band's going to come up here and we're going to, uh, we're going to jam it out. I'm probably roll this over here and just keep the TV on so y'all can write any of these down that you want to. So, Father, I just want to pray over these students right now. I thank you so much, Lord, for your love, your grace, your goodness. I thank you so much, Lord, for, um, for sending your son, Jesus. And, God, I just tell you, I'm so glad that you're distinct from me. Because if you and I are the same, Lord, <laughs> then this world's in trouble. I'm glad that you're distinct from me. I'm glad that you're holy and good and just, and I'm glad that you decided to rescue us, to save us through your son, Jesus. And God, I just pray, Lord, that we would never forget the incredible sacrifice that was made on our behalf, that we would never put ourselves in the place of God so, Father, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name.